The reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink but you saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples, and there they stayed for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. So the title this morning is An Invitation into Something Better. This is quite a strange first miracle, I think. No one was healed, no one was saved or baptised. It was just about improving a party. This is about blessing and it shows the heart of God and it sets the scene for all the other miracles that follow on. They come from a God whose heart is love and compassion. Let's think first of all about the size of the water jars. It says each held between 20 to 30 gallons. I looked that up on the internet and 20 gallons is about the equivalent of 100 bottles of wine, it said. So you can see the quantity there. They weren't just little containers. And Jesus wasn't content with any old wine. It was the choice wine, the best at the feast. This is a picture of God's grace, his generosity. He lavishes his blessings upon us. We enjoy the outpouring of his love and his goodness. Sounds a little bit like a health, wealth and prosperity gospel, but actually it's the very reverse. We only have to watch the news to see suffering and pain everywhere. We know that within our own community there are people who are lonely, vulnerable, disadvantaged. We know that within our own church family we have people who are suffering. Not everyone gets healed. Not everyone has a safe place to live or enough money to buy the things they need. 
we know we live in a fallen world until Christ returns. But here is the love and the goodness of God. He is not a parachute parent who zooms in to put everything right and spare us from any hardship. But he is the God who identifies with us in our suffering because he understands suffering through the loneliness and the pain of the cross. He is our living hope, the God who is present with us. There are times when you don't even have that sense of his presence. This is something that Paul touched on a few months ago. And this is when we have to really dig deep and remember the things we already know about God, where faith comes in. And we declare that he is good. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has promised to be faithful. He's not a God who flies us over the wilderness and lands us safely in the promised land. But he's the God who walks with us through the wilderness. This is the truth on which the ministry of CAP is founded. It was when John Kirkby lost his job, his home and his marriage that the vision for CAP began. And since then, thousands have become set free from debt and many have come to know the love of God for themselves. Let's think about the wine. It's to be enjoyed and to be shared. To be enjoyed. We need to make sure we stop and take time to appreciate and dwell in his grace, to feast at his banqueting table. Taste and see that the Lord is good, it says. But this requires us to be single-minded about trusting in God's faithfulness. In Hebrews, Paul warns believers to guard against turning back from the grace of God. We need to remind ourselves. We need to cultivate the habit of spending time reflecting on his love, declaring his goodness towards us, letting it really sink in, naming his blessings. This will help us when times get tough. Think about the difference between someone who enjoys a drink of wine and a professional wine taster. The professional practices their skills of appreciation. They don't just slug it back, but they swill it round the glass. They smell all its fragrance. They do that swish-swish thing with their teeth to make sure that they fully appreciate all its flavours. Let's make sure that we truly savour God's love for us. The wine is also to be shared out. It's not just for the bride and groom, it's for all the guests. God's blessing and goodness and not just for us to enjoy, but to be shared with everyone. In the West, we emphasise the importance of self, me, I. How does it affect me? What's God's will for my life? However, God has already revealed so much of his will and purposes for all of us, the church. He's made it clear. He loves justice. He loves freedom for the oppressed. 
This story reminds me of the parable of the great banquet. We know who God wants to invite. Jesus spent his time with those who were weak, poor, and marginalized. Our commission is to reach others with his love wherever and whenever we can. But it should come from a place of joy rather than from a sense of duty. And this happens when we frequently take the time to sit and enjoy his presence, reflect on his grace to us, to really let it sink in. Finally, I just want to think about the place of the servants in the story. Without the servants, it's unlikely there would have been a miracle that day or that anyone would have noticed if there had been. The servants are needed to fill the jars, to take the wine to the master of the banquet, to take the wine around the guests. We are his hands and his feet. I don't know if you feel as I do, really inadequate. I'm only me. I can't do this. It brings us back to the water jars. In Corinthians, Paul says, we are like common clay pots so that the glory should go to God. We are inadequate, but God chooses the weak and the humble so that the glory goes to him. God really spoke to me through this story of the water turning into wine when I was considering the role of cat manager Um, I really felt inadequate for the task. Would I be able to, to do it and to do it well? And I really felt God was saying to me, bring me your water, that's what you've got. Bring me your water and it's up to me to turn it into wine. This isn't just a one off thing, just as experiencing God's grace and love isn't a one off thing. We have to regularly come back to God and give him time, be in his presence, a daily renewing and a daily committing. Enjoy and appreciate his grace and then bring him your water. Here at Christchurch, we already have a heart to reach out to the community with the love of God. We've got opportunities abounding to show people the loving heart of God, your own front line, Alpha, the Bereavement Group, Mother's Union, Connected, Youth, Move It Club, Messy Church, Jigsaw, CAP. But it needs all of us to be the invitations. Paul says we're like Christ's letter. When people meet us, what do they see of Jesus? The minute someone walks through the door of this church, they'll meet someone from our amazing welcome team who do a great job. But it's not just up to them alone. We all share the privilege of showing God's love and welcome. Uh, The word of the moment is inclusion. Let's make sure we are inclusive. But the model for the church clearly doesn't settle for inclusion. Think for a moment of the way God welcomes. Think of the story of the prodigal son. How does the father go out to greet his returning child? He's not walking, he's running. He doesn't shake him by the hand. He throws his arms around him. 
He doesn't include, he embraces. In Acts, the model in the early church was embrace, a fully accepting, welcoming into his family. I saw this demonstrated at the cat barbecue by the young people and the cat team members who were there. The families and clients who came were met by embrace. It was very powerful. This will bring challenges for us if we want to grow and welcome in people who are different from us, with different expectations, different life backgrounds, different ways of doing things. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus and follow his example. I've got an, a great book here for those who want to think about this a little bit more. It's called A Church for the Poor by Martin Charlesworth and Natalie Williams. You're very welcome to borrow it if you'd like to think about that a little bit more. So to summarise, live in his goodness and blessing. God has made it clear that he wants us to share his love with those who are weak and vulnerable. Give him your water and trust him to turn it into wine as you keep alert for opportunities to be his hands and feet and share his embrace and welcome. I just want to finish back with Cap by saying a huge thank you. I think we would all be amazed if we were to line up everyone who has any part in the ministry of Cap at this church, those who pray so faithfully. Let me assure you that prayer is what turns the water into wine. For all those who support on the CAP team, for those who support head office or our local CAP centre financially or through the food bank, thank you. It's your support that will determine the extent of CAP's work here. Please do speak to me or email me if you want to be involved in the CAP team. Thank you so much.